Once again, we turn to the Old Testament Scriptures as we resume the series on the life of Moses. Exodus chapter 15. Consider the songs of Moses and Miriam after the Egyptians were drowned in the Red Sea. And the Israelites have been enjoying the stay at the coast for perhaps a few weeks or a month and a half. We're not exactly sure. They've been enjoying peace and safety and there's been plenty of water and the food that they took with them has been sufficient up to this point. And now the Lord tells them it's time to move along for He told them that He was going to take them into the wilderness that they might worship Him on their way to the promised land in Canaan. And we're told, beginning with verse 22, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved or he tested them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God and wilt do that which is right in his sight and wilt give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Literally, I am Jehovah Raphi. And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. We'll end our reading there. Well, we can see that the Lord was going to try His people as He was leading them into the wilderness. Was it a surprise that the Lord would try their faith as He had tried them at the Red Sea? We, we can't think that yesterday's trial is the last in our lifetime. We encounter the sin of murmuring here in this passage. It's not the first time I think that we find the sin of murmuring or an expression of discontent in our lot of life in life. Rachel, you remember, said to her husband, Give me children or else I die. She was murmuring about her state. Of course, we can understand that the burden of a, of a woman to bear children. 
But that should have been a prayer to the Lord. Please give me children. It was a complaint that was expressed to her husband. What could he do? For he was not in the place of God. But we have to confess that even Moses complained earlier. Remember when he was called to uh, lead the Exodus. Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent. Don't choose me. Oh my Lord, send someone else. Don't send me. Why is it that Thou hast sent me? Chapter 5, verses 22. Even the best of God's saints, so to speak, fall. This was Israel's first big test since the Red Sea. Perhaps a month at best. But the trial of our faith is necessary. For the Scripture says it works patience. We are going to face difficulties today, maybe many times today, tomorrow, throughout the rest of our lives. We're in a fallen world and we're in need of growth. We're going to face temptations to murmur. You find that Murmuring is an interesting word, though in the Hebrew we can't see it, but certainly in the English we use what's called, you ever heard of the figure of speech called onomatopoeia? I think I'm pronouncing that right. Onomatopoeia, which this is the definition of it. The formation of a word from a sound associated with what is named. The formation of a word from a sound associated with what is named. Bark. Woof. We form words that are obviously expressive of what sizzle, cuckoo, boom, chirp, murmur. (laughs) It sounds like what it is. Actually, a Greek word is very close. shows this onomatopoeia in the New Testament. It sounds like murmuring. It means to complain, to grudge our lot in life, to grudge our circumstances or experiences. And it's, it's a sin. We have to confess it's a sin. We are judging that God has not been wise in distributing these circumstances in our lives. We're questioning His authority. We're questioning His wisdom. We're questioning His love. It's a sin against the Lord. It's a sin that I confess, that I often commit. Lord, forgive me of my debt. Murmuring occurs in the context of testing. When it's an opportunity for faith, so often we fall and we murmur. Because it says there He proved them, verse 25. It was a test. A test is necessary to assess our progress, not to impede it. I remember complaining to an instructor at West Virginia University about all the tests that he was giving us. And he simply looked at me in the face and he said, How am I to assess how you're doing? 
And I didn't have an answer for him. I, I suppose that I, as I bowed my head, I said, by testing us. <laughs> I complained to him because I did poorly on one of his tests. But he was right. I was wrong. Now the devil means the tests for evil, but God means them for good. But so soon after the miracles is the amazing thing, isn't it? They're just a month from the Red Sea. Drowning of the Egyptian army. They're not long since all those strokes, all those plagues in Egypt. I mean, you would think that as they face this test of having no water and then the frustration of then finding water and you can see almost see them running toward this oasis called Mara. Running toward it and then diving toward the water and taking this brackish water and putting it to their mouth and spitting it out. and The frustration. But you would think that would the wise thing be, look, He sent frogs. He sent lice. He sent grasshoppers. Disease. He turned the water into blood. He caused darkness. For th- Wouldn't that be the way that we, that we discern this? That we argue this with our minds? Look what He just did to the Egyptian army. He drowned them all. And the ones that remained went home with their tails between their legs. So soon. When we face our Maras, should we not say, well, wait a minute, didn't the Lord answer our prayer here and there and, and all the, our previous life? Has He not led us all the way? We're still alive. We still have hope. He's healed us. How many diseases? When we've, been, when we've been faced with so many dilemmas, has He not caused us to escape? And has He not provided a way to escape? He has saved our souls from hell. Isn't that the greatest miracle that He's done in our lives? Do we not have reason to pray, to trust, and not to complain? As Paul would say, God delivered us from so great a death and He doth deliver. And we trust that He shall deliver us. So you have the past, present, and future. That's the reasoning of the believer whenever we face our Maras. He's delivered me from my Mara before. He'll deliver me from my Mara now. He'll deliver me from my Maras in the future. He is the God of deliverance. And you know, you would expect that trial in the wilderness after all, wouldn't we? Wouldn't we expect no water in a wilderness? Shouldn't we, shouldn't we uh, anticipate that? Or even finding oases that may not have the best water. After all, for instance, in our day, shouldn't we expect an accident sometime on these roads? When we're driving, accidents happen on roads, right? Sickness happens when we're all together, 
when we interact, when we shake hands, when we pull products off the shelves. Things, we're gonna, we should expect sickness in a fallen world. We should expect accidents on these fast highways. We should expect to be double-crossed in a lying world. It's a surprise when we don't face these things. God's goodness and His grace to help us manipulate life with as few as possible. But you know, if we play chess and we think we're going to eliminate all of our trials, the Lord has something to teach us. We should presuppose difficult people in this world. For we all know how difficult we can be at times. Right? The Lord is going to present us with a problem from time to time. And we have to believe that God can change things. As He changed the water into blood, can He not change this bitter water into pure water? He did it with Moses with a means. Remember, with, a, with Moses' rod. He changes the water into wine, we read later. He changes sinners into saints. He can change bad water into good water. Were there any among those people? And perhaps there were two million. Was there anyone saying, wait a minute, He changed the water into wine. He can change this bad water into good water. Was there anyone there? As Jesus said, when I return, shall I find faith on the earth? Brothers and sisters, can we not be that person that thinks out of the box, that remembers all the way the Lord has led us? Can we not let 2022 be a year not of complaining and murmuring, but of faith and prayer and trust, confidence in the Lord, Will he find faith? Lord, find faith in me this year. Let me no longer complain. This is an opportunity for faith for them. When they found idolatry in Egypt, God sent the plagues that destroyed one at a time the idols of Egypt. When they found themselves enslaved, no problem. The exodus. When they found themselves sinners deserving God's wrath, no problem. The Passover, Christ would die for us. They found themselves threatened by a great army, no problem. The Red Sea has enough water to destroy this army. Can we not say the same when we face the next problem? No problem. This is what God can do. God can give me strength to endure it. God can give me grace to be thirsty for 24 hours or to be sick for four days or to thank Him for the lie that's come at me or the persecution that's come because it's forced me to my knees where I should have gone in the first place. Murmuring is an opportunity for faith and it occurs in the context of of testing. 
And so let's beware when we're tested the next time. Not to say, why do I have to have tests? Because they assess our status, don't they? They take inventory of where we are spiritually. And the more tests that I'm given indicates the more faith I need. The, the weakness of my faith, is it not indicated by the fact that the Lord has to keep testing me? Not even of different tests, but the same test. What's the test that is your Achilles heel? What's the test that really gets at you? Is it a financial test? A, a, a surprise bill? Is it a sickness? Is it a person that may aggravate you? We all have our tests that really get under our skin. And do we wonder why we get the tests that get under our skin? But secondly, murmuring is the opposite of faith and it, it opposes prayer. Here's an opportunity for us to pray, for them to pray when they got tomorrow. We're told that they went into the wilderness three days and found no water. Now the interesting thing there is, it doesn't say they complained at that point. You notice that? They don't complain until they leave that place and go to Mara. And some say it was about 30 miles from there, and others say it might have been a place 13 miles from there, but whatever. Whether we walk 13 miles to wherever 13 miles is, West Seneca, or we have to walk 33 miles to Clarence, I don't know, but that's a long way. But they don't complain here. So do we give them the benefit of the doubt that here is a place that they said, well, the Lord will take care of us, or they were listening to Moses and the elders around them saying, don't worry. Or was it that they just still had enough water left over to carry them past this place until it was all used up. So, from the Red Sea, they must have had all their wineskins filled and beyond. They had animals, you remember. So, how, much, how, how many days could they go with the water that they brought with them from the Red Sea? Some say, again, it could have been two weeks. It could have been four weeks. But at least here it says they did not complain. And the scary part to you and me is we have a victory. And the Lord gives us grace and we fall the very next time, don't we? Each victory will help you. Some other to win is a truth. But it's also something we need to be, we, we need to be aware of presumption. How did we get, have a victory the last trial? It's the same trial we have today perhaps. But how is it that we got hit? We didn't complain then. Well, we have to look back and say, well, I had Scripture that I had tucked away. I had prayed that morning. Or, or uh, I had water in my, in, my, uh, can, in my canteen. But we try to prepare ourselves for the next trial by praying today and t keeping those verses tucked away and memorized and meditated on, like do all things without murmuring and complaining. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the thing we, we, we perhaps miss here is Moses was tested too. 
Moses didn't have any water. It wasn't like in North Korea, you know, everybody's starving except Kim Jong-un and all his people. I don't believe we have a situation here where Moses had a stash of water somewhere. You know, I'm, I'm the leader. He's leading, he's out front, he's experiencing the same things they are. But notice the difference. When they, went to, when they came to Marah, verse 23, they could not drink of the waters of... Notice three times. Marah, Marah, Marah. And that's kind of like onomatopoeia. Bitter. It says the people murmured against Moses. But what does Moses do? He cries unto the Lord. There's a difference there. You see that? The people murmur. Moses prays. That's what crying to the Lord is. It doesn't say he murmured unto the Lord. He cried out. That's verses murmuring. Now what did he cry out about? Lord, help me, they're murmuring, or Lord, we need water. I think, I think perhaps, we give him credit, he was crying out for water. He was thirsty. But there are times that he cried out, Lord, I can't take the murmuring. And sometimes we parents feel that way, but sometimes our children hear us murmur too, don't they? And we need to be an example. But Moses cries out, he prays. This is, our, this is the solution. Pray. Pray. Pray when we're tested. Pray when we're thirsty. Pray when we're hungry. Pray when we're sick. Pray when we're disappointed. Pray when we get a bill that we don't expect. Pray when someone double-crosses us. Pray before we open the letter. Pray before we answer the phone. Faith says, let's see how God will handle this new problem. Faith prays, what shall we do in this trial? Help, Lord. Pray that, Lord, I don't have a solution. I don't have any water. Pray, Lord, you can heal these waters. You can give me water. Faith says, how shall God heal these waters? The Lord says, indeed, what I'm teaching you here is to learn the rest of the wilderness trial. Jehovah is your doctor. Jehovah is your doctor. I am the Lord that healeth thee. And it's interesting how He caused the waters to be healed. It says that he showed Moses a tree. Now, the word tree is simply the word wood, or just a piece of wood, or it could have been a live tree. We don't know. Another interesting thing is the word show is also, in other contexts, the word teach. So it could be several things. Number one, it could have been a tree that had healing powers. We have found... Plants, trees, things that we've discovered, oh, this helps this or this helps that. But nonetheless, it was still a miracle because even if there were, even if there were seeds in, those, in that tree that had a medicinal or healing power to it, you know how long it would have taken to heal those waters? It had to be a miracle. And people insist it couldn't have been that. But it may have been. 
It may not have been. Again, we can't be dogmatic. And then there are others who say, wait a minute, the Lord wanted them to think about the tree of life. And back in Genesis, and then of course we know of the tree of life and for the healing of the nations, we're told in Revelation, what, 22. That He wanted them to think back upon the, the tree dilemma in the Garden of Eden and how they need to look to the Lord to be obedient to Him. I think it's simply He used means to show them He did it. Obviously, He could have done it without means. But remember, when He had the water turned into blood, He said to Moses, stretch out your rod. He could have just said it. But He wanted Moses to do something visibly so that people could see that God is is in the mix here. Are you following me? And so He... Moses had to go over to whether he had to cut down a tree and throw it into this body of water or whether it was a piece of wood. They watched him. And then it spread that Moses was told by the Lord to take this piece of wood or take this tree and throw it in the water. In other words, God did this. That's the point. God did this. He uses means. And yet so often we take medicine and we get better And we say, thank you, medicine. Thank you, doctor. When God is saying, look what I've done for you in in this world, in this fallen world of sickness and death. Look at the medicine that I have provided from natural and from man-made sources. Look at the doctors that I have educated. This is of the Lord. The Lord wants us to remember, it is I that heal you. It is I that take care of you. Healing was from a tree, from a piece of wood. I don't know if it's just simply pointing back to Eden to make us think about the fact that the Lord is the one that heals us of our sins. Taking us us back to the origin of sin at a tree. We know that Jesus died on a tree. There had to be a parallel. Man fell at a tree. And Jesus saves us by hanging on a tree. There has to be a parallel there. God uses means to heal us of our sicknesses. He uses other believers to help us in our dilemmas. In the multitude of counselors, there's safety. But it's the Lord. It's the Lord that puts all these means out there to show us His goodness in a fallen world, doesn't it? And it's interesting, how do you interpret the end of verse 25? Moses prays and the Lord shows him a tree which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am Jehovah Rapha. Now what does he mean by a statute and an ordinance? at that spot. I mean, this is this is certainly made many people think and there are a lot of ideas here. 
it seems to be the Lord is setting a pattern of how they are to act whenever they come across a trial. The statute and ordinances act this way when you come to a trial. Pray. Trust me for the solution. Walk in my way. Don't murmur. Don't complain. Or else you're going to suffer. You're going to be punished for this. He's not saying that you're never going to get sick. That's, he doesn't mean that when he says, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. Because we get sick in a fallen world. We're going to die in a fallen world. But he's saying, this is a pattern that I am setting for you to act. Not like you acted, but like Moses acted. He cried to me. I showed him the means. I solved the problem. I got you through this trial. Moses' faith was increased. Now, I want you to follow this pattern. You're going to go through this situation over and over again. Here's how to act. I think that's the the best explanation of those verses. In other words, He's going to try us. The trial of our faith worketh patience if we pray, if we trust God. Sometimes we allow a trial to work an impatience in us because we complain and we murmur. But the pattern of the Lord, the teaching of the Lord, the command of the Lord is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Be not wise in your own understanding. Fear the Lord. And depart from evil. In a sense, that's what he's saying in verses 25 and 26. Help, Lord. Help. Help me to trust You. God will help us overcome all obstacles. He wants us to see that obstacles are stepping stones. Does He not? And I want us to see, lastly, that the murmuring obscures the promised blessing intended. Moses was blessed, but the people were smitten with guilt and conviction of sin. And look what the Lord was preparing them to find very shortly after this. Elam. They got from Marah to Elam. This this is what God's going to do for us. He wants us to experience Marlam that we might appreciate Elam. Could it be Mara is a representation of the wilderness? Elam is a representation of heaven. And notice what was in Elam. Twelve wells. Now we're not sure whether they had been dug by others or they were, you know, they were, what do they call those, natural springs. They could have been just twelve springs. But notice twelve. What does that say? One for every tribe. And then there were 70 palm trees. And I think the one man is correct when he said it represents woods because there were more than palm trees. It just says there were 70. There were tamarisk trees and other kinds of trees. In other words, enough for not just 70 people or 70 families to find shade, but perhaps it was an oasis that was a huge forest, as it were, on the edge of the wilderness. 
And there are places that are very similar to that, not far from the Red Sea, but obviously as you get towards Sinai, it's desolation. But the Lord is, is blessing them. He's, he's weaning them to when they have to go into the wilderness and find no shade. And when the Lord says, I promise you, I will bring a cloud during the day to shade you. And I will bring warmth, a fire at night to, to warm you. So not only did they have shade from the trees and a hammock between two palm trees, but they had the Lord. People would say, well, wait a minute. Two million people. How could twelve, or how could twelve wells and how could seventy trees take care of them? Well, the Lord had already shaded them by the pillar of cloud during the day. This was, an, I imagine they took turns. I'm not going to take the position of unbelief. Just take your turn. Everybody's going to get a drink. Everybody's going to be satisfied. Let the women and the children go first. Or let the, the aged go first. We won't, we won't starve to death. We won't die of dehydration. The Lord took care of them. He was their doctor. And He was their provider. Oh, the sweetness. The word, the word, the waters were made sweet. Reminds us of Proverbs. The sweetness of lips or eloquence from a believer. Uh, increased learning. And the sweetness of hearty counsel rejoices the heart. The sweetness of the water turning from bitter to, to good water. And then at Elam, show the Lord's provision for His people in the wilderness. And He promises that beyond this day, He'll take care of us. And they came to Elam where there were wells and palm trees. The Bible tells us in verse 23, they came to Mara too. We're going to have our Maras. We're going to have our Elams in this life. Our Maras are providential, but Elams are providential. Let us trust God for our Maras and our Elams. A lot of believers are going through Mara today. You and I aren't incarcerated. You and I are not given, given waterboarding today. You and I are not being forced with no water for days in some places of the world. You and I have food to eat this morning and this afternoon and tonight. But I know there are many trials that may not, that, that, that others might not know that are going, that you're going through in life, but God knows. He cares for us. Trust Him in your Mara experience. It won't be long before He'll bring you to Elam. It won't be long before He'll bring you to the twelve wells and the seventy palm trees. If they were digged by others, these wells, is this not perhaps a thought that we're, we're on the shoulders of our forefathers who have served the Lord and given us an example before? Or could it be that we're inheriting the fortunes of the wicked. The wicked lay up for the just. Perhaps wicked people dug those wells and the people of, of God enjoyed them. But it was the Lord who took care of His people. He's teaching them, you're going to go through trials in this fallen world. Get ready for them. Be ready to pray. Be ready to trust. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Be anxious. Be not worried about anything. 
but pray and be thankful. Know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. To them were the called according to His purpose. Glorify God in our trials. Show the world that there's a God in heaven who loves us and cares for us. And who takes care of us. Show the world that there's a, there's a doctor that's divine. That's perfect. That they need desperately. Amen.